Yes, sir. We live in the photo desire. Welcome back to a another installment of the Thundergrass podcast. I'm your host for today, Miles Hartman. Join with me as always is Mr. Michael Martin. Mike, what's good, bro? Not much. What's going on with you, Miles? I'm I'm chilling, you know? Chilling like a villain, if mm-hmm. you will. If I will. Yeah, if you will. I think I will this one time. You will? <laughs> All right, so we got a lot to talk about in today's show, so, I mean, let's get straight to it. Mm -hmm. Now, the Thunder won last night in D-Town against the Detroit Pistons. SGA dropped 30 points and 13 assists. Lou Dort added 28 points, and Josh Giddey made his return and dropped a cool little 12 points and 5 assists. That's some light for Josh Giddey. Now, Mike, what's some of the good, bad, and ugly that you saw at the game? Starting out with the good, obviously. Um, Shea is obvious but i'm gonna go in a different direction and that's the thunder's late game slash fourth quarter execution the thunder went 17 of 18 from the field in the fourth quarter fourth quarter including making their first 15 straight for 44 points in the quarter just way to close it out and just um capitalize on this game especially after that giant blowout loss against memphis it was i thought it was really important to bounce back and kind of right the ship as far as the bad we're big Cade Cunningham fans, but he went off in that game. He looked like a number one pick, a future all-star, superstar type player. He went 11 of 24 from the field, 6 of 11 from three, which was crazy, for 28 points, 11 rebounds, and five assists. Cade was the first rookie since Steph in 2009 to have 25, five and five with five made threes. And then I don't really have an ugly, but I did want to give a shout out to Kenrich Williams because he absolutely flipped that game. He had the highest plus-minus on the team with a plus-22, but he he really helps those bench units to be more productive and just keep their head above water. Interesting how we have, like, the same points. Do we? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, the good, uh, you focused on Shea. I'm going to have to focus on the entire starting lineup. I mean, they proved that from the jump this was a winnable game, and they proved that. Guys – Showed out, did what they had to do to get the win. I mean, everybody in the first five that Dagnall put out there, I mean, they looked solid. I mean, everybody played their role, did what they had to do to get the win. I mean, it was great to see guys show out and do their thing on the road. Um, a bad would have to be, I mean, just some some nitpicky things. I mean, the bench, bench production, besides everybody besides K-Will, like you mentioned, didn't score in double figures off the bench. I mean, we saw flashes of guys that are capable of scoring in Mike Muscala, T-Man, and I would just wish that guys off the bench would be more comfortable every time they step on the floor. And But, I mean, this is something minor that happens. I mm-hmm. mean, so that's my bad. Uh, and ugly would have to be is the fact that the Thunder do not have Cade Cunningham. I mean – it makes me sad. Yes, it's it's sad hours here. Giddy is a pretty good consolation prize, but Cade is that guy. We wanted Cade. I mean, this is a guy that played at Oklahoma State his his only college year. So I mean, I was he's from the Dallas area, right? So I mean, he was just I was hoping he'd stay in the Midwest for the time being. But I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, he had his career high twenty eight, eleven and five, and the stat that you read yesterday, that you just read. Mm-hmm. Um, a minute ago. 25, 5, and 5. First since Steph Curry on February 10th, 2010. So, I mean, we saw Cade being out in earlier earlier on in the season due to injuries. So, I mean, 
he's sort of figuring his thing. Like he's st- sort of figuring out like how he can like translate his game and take his game to new heights. Co- playing in college and then now into the NBA. So I mean, that was a it's uh, it's good for him, but it's ugly for us that he dropped that many points on us. Hopefully they can keep winning games. We're trying to beat them in that tank war. Yeah, give us the number one pick this year. It's us, the Pistons, and and the Rockets. Orlando's in there. Yeah, just a lot of people tanking this year, so mm-hmm. it's crazy. But we talked about him, rookie sensation. Josh Giddy was out with the flu last week, but still managed to be recognized as the Western Conference Rookie of the Week. I mean the. 19-year-old TikTok, TikTok star sensation, he's been on a tear right now. I mean, he's been averaging 10.4 points, 7.2 rebounds, and 5.8 assists. While doing this, he has caught the attention of many people. One particular that stood out recently was Thunder legend Kendrick Perkins. He had high praise for Josh Getty, who stated, you know, he has superstar written all over him, and he has the potential to lead OKC back to its former glory. Now, Mike, with all that being said, what are Josh Giddy's chances of actually taking home the Rookie of the Year hard- hardware this year? Before I get into that, I was really excited whenever you said, like, former Thunder guy, and he thinks he's going to be an all-star superstar, and then you said Perkins, and I was, like, <laughs> a little bit less excited. I love Perk, but I don't think I'm going to him necessarily on my basketball evaluations all the time for players. But wh- why? Why not? Is Kendrick Perk? He came and pronounced Moses Moody's name. Here, I'll go Moses ahead. Mo- you, Moody Moses Moody. <laughs> just cue you up for that. But I, to get back what the original subject, which is Josh Giddy, can he be Rookie of the Year? I mean, you mentioned he won Rookie of the Week. I think he was actually Rookie of the Month as well. I don't think he is going to be able to win Rookie of the Year this year, though, or any year. I mean, you can only win it one year, unless you're Ben Simmons in a yeah, couple of years. I-, I thought we was going to mention his name. My bad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, Giddy's game does not exactly translate to what wins an award like this. Most of the times, whenever a guy wins Rookie of the Year, it's based off of a lot of points, high usage, and Giddy's just not that sort of player. That's not the role that he plays, so it's going to be a little bit tougher for him. And then on top of that, I think he's just – it's a super deep draft, and I think he's just behind guys who have just played better than him and guys like Mobley, Barnes, and even Cade, and maybe a few others. That's not to say that Josh Giddey's not having a great year. He'll probably still be um, all-rookie first team, but I don't think he's going to be really in contention when it comes to rookie of the year race because of the points will be the thing that holds him back. You said that he w- he doesn't have like the capabilities to r- or in those in that context, right? I don't think that his skill uh, his skill set and game translates to what usually gets rookie of the year. But just to you know, I'm just going back and forth with you, right quick. You tried to say he was going to have a higher ce- ceiling than Lamelo Ball, and okay. he won rookie of the year. I said there's a chance. I didn't say it was for sure. Okay. Lamelo won it last year. He had one of the greatest rookie point uh, point guard years since Chris Paul. Usually, rookie point guards don't play well. That's why it was so crazy. I mean, Giddy's playing really, really well. But I think you and I can both agree it's not really close. Giddy's draft is much, much better than Lamelo's. Facts. He's Mel- going against. Mello's draft he's going against. Kind of bad. He's going against way different dudes. Like Anthony Edwards is awesome, but Tyrese Halliburton is the third guy in that class. You look at this class: Cade, Evan Mobley. Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes. 
I mean, you even get uh, to, like the Chris Duarte. Yeah, Wagner down in Orlando. A lot of guys are playing really, really well. That's not a diss at Josh Giddy. Like I said, I still think he can be first team all rookie, but I don't think rookie of the year is really in the cards. That's yeah. I it's a lot to take into consideration, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that he has a possibility to win rookie of the year. I mean, we've said it time and time again. A lot of people don't know how good Josh Giddy can really be when he got in the league because he played overseas and just people automatically assume he'll be an average player in the NBA, but he he has proved that, you know, he's more than that. And he's put a lot of people on notice as the progression of the season. So that's why I feel like he should be in that race for rookie of the year, at least in the top three. Then also I feel like on this team, Dagnon has just – Given Josh Giddy the privilege to just go out there and play his game and as a six nine guard that can do what he can do, I mean, handle the ball, his court vision is just crazy. I mean, it's, it's on a different level and just making everybody better around him, I'm, why not? Why not? Why can't he win rookie of the year? That's that's my case. I feel like he should, though. So that's just me, though. I, I hope you're right. I'd like to see him do it. I think he's probably right now the best rookie in the Western Conference. I don't know who's playing better than him Jalen Green's been out and even then he hasn't he's been really really inefficient you have guys like Alperin Shingun who can't even get off the bench in Houston even though he's been effective when he played but other than that there's not a lot of great rookies out west other than Josh Kitty I mean Davion Mitchell's getting a few minutes here and there Jonathan Kaminga's been stuck in the G League Moses Moody we mentioned hasn't been playing a lot I can't think of a lot of other guys out west who have near the role that Giddy does. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it. I like I, if anyone's I'm stuck. if anyone's gonna win rookie of the week, it's gonna be Josh Giddy or Jalen Green. And I just realized that all the rookies are out this east. year are at, out are out in the East. Yeah. That's crazy. Huh. And then um on top of what I mentioned earlier, just some of the criteria that usually gets guys to rookie of the year. These voters care about winning, and Evan Mobley has transformed Cleveland. I think he's the n- runaway right now. I think close behind – not close behind him, but relatively close is um, Scotty Barnes, and yeah. I think it's kind of a dip after that. But Evan Mobley's the truth right now. He's been balling. I'm excited for him. I did not expect his career to be like this early on. So Me either. Happy for him, though. Now, I hate to bring up the past and, you know – because this is something that we have to address. I mean, we can't ignore the fact that, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder took a trip to Memphis last week and lost 152-79, to setting a record for the largest blowout in league history and lost by 73 points. I mean, they didn't just get beat. They got beat like somebody's stepchild. Like, it was bad. So, huh. And then the next day after that, it just made national news. I mean, they was talking about it on CNN, ABC News. Like, these are, like, worldwide television networks that everybody watches. So, I mean, it was tough to see this Thunder team go through that. And people have to take into consideration that they didn't have SGA or Giddy. But, Mike, what are your thoughts on this? You mentioned that they didn't have Shea, Giddy, Kenrich, Derek Favors, um, and I, Mascala played limited minutes, but that's not to excuse them because you, you can't lose by 73 points. This seemed like a scheduled loss in terms of you didn't have those guys. It's also the second night of a back-to-back. Memphis is playing really good basketball, even without Jaw. I think they've won their last, like, four in a row. They're no scrub team. They have a lot of really, really good players. 
sometimes you just run into a buzzsaw of a team that beats you by 40, but to let it to balloon to 50, 60, and then 70 is crazy. That's unacceptable. This is something that's not a huge... I say it's unacceptable, but people need to realize if you are panicking and it's like, oh, this rebuild's going to take forever, the fact of the matter is, in three years from now, only like three or four guys from this team's roster will be on the team still. Facts. Like, don't worry about, like, oh, we're, like this team's so bad. It's like, it's going to be Shea, Giddy, Dort, JRE, Trey Mann, and like a whole bunch of new guys in just a few years. But it, it's embarrassing. It's not good. As someone who has been on the side of a loss playing basketball in a lot of points like this, it's not fun. Going off what you said, yes, this is bad. It's kind of embarrassing, but, I mean, I just love how, you know, these NBA casual fans just come out the woodworks and see that the Thunder got beat by 73 and then comment stuff like, this team's trash, oh, tanking at its finest, bring back the Supersonics, you know, all this other stuff, when they don't even watch Thunder games like that. I mean, y'all would have understood that, you know, the guys that Mike mentioned earlier, guys like SGA, Giddy, Favors, K-, K. Will, they didn't even play last night. I mean, so you got to take all that in considera- into consideration. These are guys that are able to put up points on the board, are primitive ball handlers, and guys who provide most of the scoring on this roster. So to just go out of your way to see that the Thunder lost by 73 points, even when you haven't been keeping up with us the whole season, that's – I feel like that's not even fair. That's just me, y'all. I don't think this is a bad Thunder team, but they are bad whenever you take away their three or four most important players. I mean, Lou Dort played, but he can't guard everybody, as we mentioned, and he's not somebody who can just carry you in scoring. You take off Shea, who is your only real one-on-one scorer out there, who's one of your best facilitators, and then Giddy, who's one of the smartest players on your team, who's also a facilitator. It's going to be very, very tough. And then, like we talked about, Kenrich Williams is somebody who can flip games, Derek Favor has been solid off the bench just kind of as a trying to think just you know he just holds it down for those guys just making it easier we'll see but it was good to see them capitalize on that go into Detroit with the mindset of you know that didn't happen Um, you know we're going to move on from this and keep it pushing so I mean it was good to see them get the W in D-Town but moving forward though tomorrow night at 6.30, the Thunder head to the 6 to take on Scotty Barnes and the Tor- Toronto Raptors. Now, Mike, let the people know, what should they what should they look out for in this matchup? I wonder if Drake's going to Drake's gonna be at sideline, if he's going to be on the sideline for that one, or if he's going to be in Oklahoma City. It's in Toronto, but yeah. it looks like Drake's kind of converted to the Thunder, which then the Thunder lose by 73. So I don't know what he's doing, but I think that's something to watch for. As well, the Raptors have won their last two straight over the Bucks and Wizards, two teams at the top of the East, so that's pretty impressive. Scotty Barnes versus Shea and Giddy, I think will be fun. He'll guard both those guys. Dort versus Fred Van Vliet will be really fun. Shea and Dort in Canada, uh, they played really, really well. And then um, found this stat, the most points by a Canadian ever in Toronto in NBA history is 32 by Shea, so I wonder if Shea or Dort can beat that. I did not know that. Hmm. Like, a Canadian playing in Canada? Mm-hmm. So, like, wow. I did not. Of any NBA player from Canada who played in Toronto, most points scored is 32 by Shea. 
hmm, you hear that, Shay? Maybe you can do that again tonight. I mean, not tonight, but tomorrow night. Yeah, so, or Lou Dort yeah. coming after it. We'll see, though. But, yeah, my focus is going to be towards the guys inside the paint. I'm with the young, talented big men on both sides with Miami Heat legend Precious Achua and JRE battling out. It's going to be fun to watch. Those two going at it um, on the block, inside the paint, getting rebounds, boxing each other out. It's going to be a battle inside. So it's, overall, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the answer for Pascal Siakam, though. I feel like, you know, are the Thunder going to have Baisley out on him? Are the Thunder going to throw in K-Will, Lou Dort? We'll see what happens, though. But, I mean, looking at this Raptors squad that they have, they got a lot of guys that are athletic, can run the floor, handle the ball, and be aggressive on both sides of the floor. Like Pascal, like I mentioned, Scotty Barnes, Precious Achua, Chris Boucher. So it's definitely going to be tough for the Thunder. So I, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, these teams are going in sort of different directions, but they kind of have the same identity as teams that want to move the ball, play really aggressive defense, play a lot of young guys, and play a lot of athletes who have high basketball IQ. I mean, you see the Thunder come out and they start a point guard who's six nine and another point guard who's six six. Toronto will play point guards like uh, guys like Fred Van Vliet, who's maybe five eleven six foot, and then they'll Gary play Scotty Barnes, who's six nine. Gary Trent, who's a nice player. You mentioned Chris Boucher, OG Ananobi's really been uh, good for them over the last few years. I think Toronto probably gets the win in this one, but it's competitive because Shea and Dort want to show out in Canada. Show out for the six, they hometown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see if Jay's going to be there. You think he's going to be there? I think it'd be fun. I hope he, were, <laughs> I hope he flies in those people from Oklahoma City. Those two people His that were sitting next IG, to him? Yeah. <laughs> I hope he flies them out there. I think that'd be great. You know, he the guy said, like, you can see him in the video. He was just like, are you famous? He asked Drake that. Yeah, the Thunder <laughs> did a podcast where they interviewed those guys, uh, those people about it. And even then, the guy still didn't remember his name. He was like, I can't believe I'm sitting next to Blake. It's like, Drake. It's Drake. You know how rich you got to be to not know he who said Drake he had is? no idea. His wife said that he knew uh, she knew who Drake was because she uh, he used to date Serena Williams. And he, she said she was a big fan of her. Didn't know who Drake was, though. That's a different type of rich when you just don't know who Drake is, bro. You going to call a man Blake? Well, and then um, Blake? what else did she, <laughs> she said? She said she complimented him on his earrings, and he goes, oh, they're fake. That's Drake. Those are real. <laughs> That's funny, though. Shout out to Drake. Shout out Six God, man. But switching over to the rest of the association, there have been reports that Portland Trailblazers superstar Dame Lillard has grown frustrated with the Portland's play, and tensions appear to be on the rise between the players and head coach Chauncey Billups. Lillard has also made it clear that he wants to play with Sixers forward Ben Simmons. Now, Mike, should these two team up? If so, how far do you think they'll get? It was banned from – I'm not allowed to talk about Ben Simmons, and then you just – you have a trade for Ben Simmons? Listen, listen I'm hosting. Listen, I am the captain now. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> have a very important meeting. But um, Damon, Ben Simmons, I think that's a great fit for those guys to play together. But I do kind of wonder, is Simmons enough to get Portland over the hump that they're trying to get over? Because they're trying to be, you know, Phoenix from last year. That's, I think, the blueprint for them. But – are they in the cate- same category as teams like the Suns, Warriors, or Jazz? I don't think so. Are they going to be better or as good as teams like the Lasers? Eh, the Lakers. The Lasers. <laughs> the Lasers, that's a great team, though. 
That's a great team name. The Lakers, <laughs> the Grizzlies, the Mavs, the Nuggets, and the Clippers. It is dead week. It's almost finals week. I'm tired. Give me a break. <laughs> but I don't think they're better than the Lakers, Grizz, Nuggets, Clips, or Mavs, even if they had Ben Simmons, because you're still you're giving up C.J. McCollum in that trade. And then also, does Philly, no disrespect to C.J. McCollum, does Philly want to settle for C.J. McCollum? They've been waiting for so long trying to get this trade done. I think if they're going to trade anything with Portland, they want to get after Dame, and they want to send Tyrese Maxey, Dame Lillard, not Tyrese Maxey, Ben Simmons, and picks for Dame Lillard. Yeah, you're going to have to throw in, if you're going to try to give up Ben Simmons, you're going to have to throw in Tyrese Maxey in there as well. So, I mean, for, for a superstar like Dame Lillard, so that's going to have to happen. Yeah, if I'm Daryl Morey, if I'm making that trade, then let's just go all in. Like, what's, is CJ McCollum really going to be the big difference that gets you over the hump to win a championship either? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things you got to take into consideration with these two franchises and the pieces that they have and who they want to give up. So, I mean... It's going to be tough to see as far as, like, who goes where, which which is Simmons going to go over to Portland, is Dame going to go to Philly. Like, it's it's a lot that's going to have to happen. But um, focusing on those two players, though, I feel like they should team up. I personally feel like they can comp- complement each other's game. I mean, you look at a player like Dame who can get more shots playing off the ball with Simmons being the primitive ball handler. They can run the pick and roll with each other. They can use Ben Simmons' defensive skills and turn it into Dame's elite offensive skills. I mean, this isn't this isn't like gonna force Ben to shoot the ball as much. But I call me crazy though. I feel like they should team up. Really, I think it'd be fun. You'd see a lot of Draymond Steph dynamics between those two. Exactly, like a poor man Steph and Draymond. It'd be a poor man's version for sure. I mean, Draymond is so much smarter than Ben Simmons. Not to say Ben Simmons is dumb, but Draymond's one of the smartest basketball players in the world. And then there's there's still so many holes on that Portland roster where they're playing big minutes for Nurkic. Larry Nance Jr. has been really inconsistent. And then they just haven't hit on a lot of their later draft picks. But if they can get Ben Simmons, I think that's something that you do to shake up the roster. But I'm not sure that it saves you from Dame eventually asking out. Hmm. So you got to be sure that you're okay with just having Ben Simmons. Right. And if you know how his game is going to translate to the rest of the roster because I mean I understand he is a talented basketball player but I mean it's not always about him especially when he's not a great offensive presence if that makes sense I mentioned that Dame trade but how fun would the Blazers be if you throw out a lineup where it's like Simmons Nance Maxi, McCollum Norman Powell, and you just run out and do a bunch of stuff, and you have Ben Simmons as kind of the focal point of that offense and make him the playmaker for everybody else. Hmm. That actually sounds pretty good for the most part. I feel like, you know, that could actually work. I don't think that's a team that's, like, winning a championship yeah, or no, going no, no, very no. far in the yeah, playoffs, no. but if you're going to give up Dame, I don't think that's – you're not going to immediately go down into the crapshoot and be really, really bad and have to tank immediately. You can sustain a little bit, but – Ben Simmons, if he's going to get traded anywhere, I still think that it's Sacramento. The Kings? I still think it's the Kings. Why? Because they need defense out there. I mean, they kind of have the same problem as the Thunder, where it's like Lou Dort, Davion Mitchell can't guard everybody, and Davion Mitchell's smaller than Lou Dort, so that even limits him a little bit more. But if you throw out guys, let's say, I don't know, maybe maybe Philadelphia doesn't even want to do that trade anymore because De'Aaron Fox has been so bad this year. Maybe neither team wants to do that trade. <laughs> My bad. 
but I, I don't know. Can you think of another Ben Simmons team? Another fit for Ben Simmons. That's that's a tough one, if we're being honest. Because I mean, you have to bring up a big salary to give back to Philadelphia, and they want a star player. Like, there were reports out there that, like, Daryl Morey has reached out to Sam Presti because he's interested in trading Shea for Ben Simmons. And no. it's like Sam Presti hung that phone up and blocked his phone number right after that. No, for <laughs> Don't talk to me. I'm trying to think of a team. Uh, I mean, maybe the Magic? They already have zero shooting. I think Dallas would be fun, but there's who, who can they give back to Philadelphia? They don't want Porzingis, and they don't have anybody else. Maybe throw in Dorian Finney-Smith in a, in a future draft pick. There's or, or Reggie Bullock. I don't. I don't think they're trying to do that. I think Sacramento. I still like that one. Um, I think you can give up like Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald for that. Right. And uh, and maybe a pick. And I think that helps both teams. De'Aaron Fox is still the biggest question. I don't know how a De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, Ben Simmons spacing does not really work. No, but, not at all. Um, another team just coming off the top of my head. Uh, Minnesota has shown they're really interested, but I don't know what they would give up because. I do not want D'Angelo Russell on my basketball team if I'm trying to win anything. Why not? I don't think that he – I think he's really inefficient, and he just takes way too many shots away from other guys. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is their best player, and he's taken the third most shots on their team. Hmm. General, man- ma- general manager Michael Martin, y'all. Well, 2K, my GM, <laughs> NBA trade machine. <laughs> But I, I think Ben Simmons is a really interesting guy for a lot of these things. Right. Especially, I think Minnesota would be a lot of fun because he can mask. I think him and Carl Anthony Towns would be a great match together just because they mask each other's weaknesses where Ben Simmons can defend and hold it down for Cat on the defensive end of the floor. And then Carl Anthony Towns is such a good shooter and floor spacer that he can make up for the fact that Ben Simmons is not a shooter. Do you think their egos would clash, though? Because, I mean, you got to understand these are two personalities that are really big. I don't think neither of them want to make a sacrifice for each other. If I'm worried about anybody's ego on that team, it is Anthony Edwards, (laughs) who we love. But Anthony Edwards is not going to take anything. If Ben Simmons just decides not to shoot, I think Anthony Edwards will, will say something. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is that guy. You know, I think we, we all know Jimmy that. Butler. Jimmy Butler made yeah. that made that clear. Like you're so, not that guy. I mean, you mentioned egos. All these guys have egos, but I don't think that I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is somebody who's super confrontational. Right. And Andrew Wiggins, another another player, same thing that that yeah, D'Angelo, talked about. Cat is D'Angelo Russell gonna fight anybody? No. 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 It's Anthony Edwards versus the world right now. <laughs> Him and his flip phone. <laughs> I saw that. That's hilarious. He's like, "This is my baby." <laughs> All right, moving on. Now, Mike, let's play a little game right quick. I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm going to name a player in the league, and you're going to guess whether or not they scored 40-plus points in a game so far this season. This season alone. This season, Okay. Yes. Anthony Davis. No. Okay. Is that right? Yes, that's right. James Harden. Yeah, he got one. The answer is no. Really? Yes. I – he had one big game against Orlando where he had like twenty of twenty two free throws and I just assumed but No, nah, it's not forty though. I next one I, I assume he get the other points, Miles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The other, yeah. <laughs> next one, Miles Turner. No. Yes. That was a 
trick. <laughs> Miles, he would put that on there. Brandon Ingram. No. The answer is yes. That's wrong, Mike. What is my score right now? My one and three. Uh that's four right now. You're two and four. You mean t- two and two or two out of four? Two out of four right now. Okay. Two out of four. Fifty percent. Right that's not bad. Next one, Donovan Mitchell. Spider. Yes. The answer is no. <laughs> This is dumb. This is a dumb game. You mad? A little bit. Keep going. <laughs> Two out of five. Okay. Next one. Giannis. Yes. Okay. He put 47 right. on AD's head, right? Okay, right. Now, for bonus, how many times? Has Giannis scored 40 this year? Yeah. Four. You were so close. It was three. I almost guessed It's okay. Three. It was okay. It was okay. It was all right. That's half a point. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Now, next one. John Morant. Yeah. He led. The, he was leading the league in scoring for a while. Correct. That was right. Nikola Jokic. He got one, at least. The answer is no, Mike. <sighs> next one. KD. Yes. No. Kevin Durant doesn't have 40 yet? 40-plus points. No, he does not. Now, next one. Steph Curry. Yes. Okay, yes. Now, for bonus points, how many times? Has Steph scored 40 this year? Seven. No, it was four. I wanted wanted to believe. It's like... (laughs) That's crazy that he just scored four point four like forty points four times this early on in the season. So that's crazy. So let me count up your score right quick. At a ten, you got one, two, three, four, five. You got a fifty percent. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't tell my mom about that. Don't, <laughs> don't call on these grades. Is there some bigger point, or was that just to make me look dumb? No, I just I just wanted to play the game. Shout out Dr. J though. We love her on the show. We love to have you on the show, Dr. J. Mm. No? <laughs> Keep it moving. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, before we get into these picks, yo, let's give you a little update. Mike was down bad in the beginning, but now he has caught up to me, and we are now tied in picks with a record of 10-4. and four. Mike, how you feeling, bro? I'm feeling invincible right now. <laughs> There's no way I can pick wrong. Can I get a bing bong for the people? The Knicks aren't playing, so no. No? Uh but, I mean, still, I feel we like... We got one last episode. You're right. You're right. Well, it's not... You know, there's only so much. All right. Tonight's doubleheader features Katie and the Beard headed to take on Luka Magic and the Dallas Mavericks. And later on, Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics head to the City of Angels to take on the L.A. Lakers, or Lasers, if my, as Mike would say, <laughs> at the place that is now known as the Crypt Arena. Now, Mike, who you got for the first game? Good one with the lasers. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll never live that down. Um, give me the Nets. They have Kevin Durant. They have James Harden. I mean, Luca can only do so much by himself. Kevin Durant's unguardable. I don't think they have anybody to stop him. I don't. I just like Brooklyn in this one. Uh, I don't think the Mavs are a perfect team. And then Steve Nash over Jason Kidd as a player and a coach. I forgot these are player coaches mm-hmm. on both teams. That's crazy. But yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to take the Nets on this one as well. The I mean, Luca might be a young superstar, but nobody on that Mavs team could guard KD. I mean, plain and simple. And Harden's been looking like 
He's found his confidence back. He's got his swag back. So, I mean, I got to go with uh, the Brooklyn Nets taking the dub in Dallas on the road. So, that's what I'm going to have to go with. Now, next one. The Seas against the Lasers. The which Lasers. One, which one you got, yeah. Mike? That's already, it's already over. I'm already over with that one. <laughs> but um, give me the Celtics. I'll take them. I just don't really believe in this Lakers team all that much. LeBron has really, really – started to show a lot of that age. Anthony Davis has just not been great this year at all. Russell Westbrook started to turn it around, but this this roster is just not well built for the Lakers. We've beaten this like a dead horse about just like how much is wrong with this roster, but it's like they made a team they're like, "Hey, what if we just had as many passers as possible, but nobody for them to pass it to?" Mm-hmm. So, it was just a bunch of guys passing it around to nobody who wants to shoot it and nobody who can shoot it. Let me ask you this though before I ta- uh, before I say my pick. Do you think LeBron will do like a whole rebuilding thing in the middle of the season like he did in Cleveland? I'd be really surprised if he doesn't find a way to trade Russell Westbrook. He'll he will do his best. What do you think is the problem though with this Lakers squad though? They're not built correctly. They they have no spacing. They don't complement each other well. They have things where it's like Russell Westbrook and LeBron are both only good with the ball. And the problem is they're both not good without the ball. So you can't play them at the same time, but they're two of your three best players. And then you can't really stagger them. And then you have other ball handlers who are out there like Rondo, who doesn't play well with Russell Westbrook or LeBron. And you gave up guys like Alex Caruso who could actually help you. And you're asking THT to be some young all-star and step up. They're just, this roster is not built that well. And, you are really, really asking a lot from, like, a 37, 38-year-old LeBron James to be your best player. And maybe, maybe this is the time to do it. I, I wanted to talk about this for a while. No more top 10 conversations with Anthony Davis. No more. I think it's about that time. I feel like, you know, we're mature enough to have this conversation, so why not? No more Anthony Davis in the top 10. I'm tired of hearing about how great he is because he is a really, really talented player, but it's like, show me. At this point. And be consistent. Be consistent. Be healthy. Go out there and play well. Like, other than the bubble, has he been consistent for more than, like, a 20-game stretch ever in his career? Negative. Just, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but Giannis, a couple weeks, maybe a month ago, a couple weeks ago, just took it straight to him, gave him 50 in Milwaukee without LeBron there. And it looked like there was a challenge by Giannis, and Anthony Davis wanted none of it. It's, it's crazy. If man. the Lakers I'm, are going to be good, Anthony Davis has got to be a superstar. That's facts. And for LeBron to, like, you know, give AD the keys, figuratively speaking, I mean, he's got the keys, but what's he going to do with the car? I mean, he's not doing anything. I, I feel like, you know, there was a time when people was comparing AD to Tim Duncan. I'm like, don't you ever disrespect the big fundamental ever. Mm-hmm. You're comparing five championships – by himself with the same team versus one Mickey Mouse ring. Like, come on now. Mickey Mouse ring. But um, we've talked about it. Anthony Davis, all those New Orleans teams that didn't make the playoffs, if you give Russell Westbrook at that point, you just give him Drew Holiday, they're making the playoffs. Paul George, LeBron, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, any of those guys from that time are making the playoffs. Something is Something is going on. I don't think Anthony Davis is a great – not that he's, like, a bad guy, but I don't think he's somebody who really helps your culture and all those things like that. Like, there's a sort of accountability, like, in Golden State because of guys like Steph and Draymond and Clay. 
I don't. I think Anthony Davis is like Carl Anthony Towns, where he's just not very. He's not trying to fight anybody, and he just wants everything to go really easy. I just hate to see you know AD to take a decline in his career because you know he, this is a guy that was six eleven athletic. Watching him at a Kentucky, I mean, he just looks completely unstoppable. Going number one in the two thousand twelve NBA draft. This was a guy that could basically do it all. So I just hate to see him have so much expectations going to the league to what we're seeing now. I mean, it's he's not being as aggressive as he should be. A lot of people putting him, you know, people put him in the NBA top 75 list. A lot of people have him as one of the best power forwards that we're seeing in, in the modern NBA. I mean, I I don't see it right now. Anthony Davis is great on highlights, but – a lot of times if you watch the whole game, like I mentioned this to my dad when we went to see the Thunder and they played the Lakers when they got their first one of the year. I think we actually mentioned in the pod and I said, if Anthony Davis is really interested the whole game, Thunder lose by 20. If Anthony Davis just shows up for a half, maybe the Thunder can come back and that's exactly what happened. Anthony Davis just, he gets a lot, he gets way too jump shot happy compared to somebody like Giannis who is just attacking over and over and over. And it seems like Anthony Davis, we keep hearing about all the skill set things. It's like, that's great, but like you have to do it all the time. It can't be one game here, five game stretch if you don't do it, one game here you do it. That's not how it works. If you are going to be a superstar, all-star level player in this league, it's about playing not only at a high level, but playing at a consistently high day level. Day in and day out. Yeah. I mean, you see guys like, we're talking about like with Steph Curry, he's making like four threes a game playing 50, 40, 90 basketball. That's crazy. That's what puts you in the MVP, All-NBA, top five discussion is like guys like how Jokic is playing right now, Kevin Durant, other guys like that. Has AD ever been in the MVP conversation? I think he's gotten a top five maybe one time. Maybe. I, I don't. I would assume. Well, probably not. I mean, he's not winning enough games. Yeah. That's. I don't know, man, but. Sorry, sorry, y'all for getting a little off track. We had to take make make that discussion right quick about AD. I mean, we want we want to see AD succeed and everything, but you know we're just not seeing it. I, I'm tired of you know, like Mike said, stop putting him in the top ten. But you mentioned that he's LeBron has given him the keys to the Lakers franchise, and Anthony Davis hasn't even bothered going out to try to get his license. <laughs> like he's just staying at home doing whatever, waiting for LeBron to keep driving him everywhere, and LeBron is like trying to go. No, I'm aging. I'm declining. I'm going to retire in a couple of years. It's about to be you. You need to be ready to do this. And Anthony Davis, without LeBron, just kind of looks lost. Basically, I mean, he just, like, he needs LeBron to hold his hand or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. But And if you're a top 10 player, you shouldn't need somebody else out there to help you out all the time. Exactly. But, but yeah, I, we got a little off track. I didn't get to say my pick. I was going to go with the Lakers, but, I mean, you know, we kind of tied, so I'm kind of done taking it easy on you. So I'm going to have to go with the Seas as well. I took the Celtics. That's just going to leave us in the tie again. We took the same two teams. <sighs> you really want me to take the Lakers, You don't bro? have to, but I'm just, you, if you said you didn't want to tie. I need to keep my record alive, so – I need Some, to keep my Sometimes lead. you got to take chance. It's not you don't have a lead. It's tied. I mean, I need to I need to stay with you on this. So, I'm going to have to So, maybe next week we can switch it up. So, I'm going to have to go with the Celtics on this one, man. Scared money don't make none. That's Sam Presti. That that's what he said one time. Are you No, nah, no, you know what? You're not going to tempt me to take the Lakers. No, 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 no. 
I'm gonna go with the Celtics as well. But I mean, you look at the Celtics team. Jason Tatum's been on a tear right now. Bro was winning drop thirty one on Saturday versus the Blazers and thirty seven on Friday at Utah. I mean, he's been looking unstoppable. Him along with Dennis Schroeder, Rob Williams, Grant Williams, they've been holding it down while um Jalen Brown's been out. So I mean. I expect him to get the dub, though. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown is actually questionable for tonight. He could end up playing, but that'd be really great. Um, two great teams in the Celtics and the Lakers playing. One of the greatest rivalries in sports. Obviously, these teams don't have a lot of history between them as constructed, but these two franchises do. Should be a good one. Right. Yeah, this is going to have to wrap up this episode of the Thundergrads. Thank you all so much for listening. Mike, what you got to say to the people, man? Man, make sure to like, comment, subscribe on all of our posts. I mean, we've got socials with at the Thundergrads on Instagram and Twitter. And as, uh, we're also on Apple and Spotify. Rate us five stars. Recommend us to your friends. Give us any feedback you have. We are the Thundergrads. You are now dismissed from class.